When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Giants Croncast, a podcast chronicling the San Francisco Giants. Featuring Brian Murphy and Doug Brazzoni. Part of FFSN, Fans First Sports Network. You know, going over the notes, Doug, and uh, the Giants aren't doing too well lately. You know, I, I noticed that, and every other person who's watched the Giants over the last week has also noticed that. <laughs> they, uh, I guess you could say they are sucking ass right now. Is that, I mean, we're supposed to be like a professional. <laughs> like, Brian, they're getting awfully close to being the butt-ass Giants. Oh boy. Well, we don't want we don't want that to happen. That's going to tank him for 2 years. Exactly. It's been a rough week even since we last recorded. It's been rough. The uh, Mariners have really tuned him up. <laughs> I guess is, is a better assessment than the Giants lost 2 out of 3. Uh Brian Wu and Logan Gilbert looking uh just absolutely dominant. Sure sure was predicted on this podcast. Yeah. For, for as much as I can sometimes be unprofessional with my language, uh, I'd like to say that Doug and I provide trenchant insight, <laughs> sharp, keen analysis. Uh, so anyway, Doug, do you think the Giants will win more than one game this month? Brian, I think the Giants will win at least four games this month. Oh my gosh. They've, wow. got, one, they've got one in the bag, and I think they're going to get another three by the end of the month. They can do it. I believe in them. Uh, I want you to believe in them. Everyone out there, <laughs> let's hear it. Let's let's support our boys as they try to win four games. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I think the story is the this uh, July goodbye, June, <laughs> June boom and July goodbye. I'm not sure. It's it's a run that every team goes through. It just the Giants are playing in such a tough division in such a tough league that it really feels like any ground they lose is like a huge slide back. But, you know, this isn't just because, oh, the, the, they suck. The players aren't playing well. They have a, a spate, a rash, a deluge, a, a, a plethora, many, many injuries, however you'd like to characterize it or describe it. It's, it's been rough, and, and it looks like the curse of the Croncast has returned. We thought we had escaped it switching networks, Doug, but no – the uh, me talking about Tyro Estrada so much, the baseball gods said he's out for four to six weeks now. There, shut up. And so the Giants' best position player gone. Their third best starting pitcher 
has a has a tired shoulder. He's gone uh, for a while, and um, it sucks. That's uh, that's a big hurt. Yeah, I mean the Giants have been dealing with injuries all season, and it seems like they get one guy back and put two guys on the IL. I'm sorry, Scott Alexander. I'm not counting you. The Giants <laughs> got Mikey Stremski back, and they put they put Sclafani and Tyra on the on the IL, and it's it's really tough. You know they need at this point they need their their guys to stay healthy. Depth will take you so far, and we can see that that's what happened in June. The Giants' depth really did carry them to a really strong month. But when that attrition just hits and keeps hitting and keeps hitting, there's only there's only so much you can do. Um, something similar happened at the end of uh, 2015, where the Giants just, they kept getting, having starters go down. Like Joe Panic goes down. They don't really have much of a replacement. I think every starter, except for maybe Brandon Crawford that year, spent significant time on the IL. And so at just at the end of the year, they're giving playing time to Marlon Bird, which works somehow, but they just they couldn't recover. They were too injured. And so that's why the training staff and the team, if they can't get it together, if these injuries keep happening, then this is what the season's going to be. And, you know, Mitch Hanniger, Tyro Estrada, these are hit-by-pitches yeah. situations. These are not things that a trainer can prevent against uh, players really very limited thing that Tara Strata said, if he hadn't, if he hadn't had his hand protector on, it would have been worse. So, you know, it's like they're taking as a, uh, they're taking as much uh, safety precautions as they can to avoid this. Tara Strata's outs above average, which I understand people, maybe people listening to this podcast are still suspicious of the laser guided, stats the analytics and that's fine i understand and this is also the public facing number that we get from statcast so who knows if this is even something the teams really look at it to me doug it almost seems like yes we're offering the public last generation's technology where we've already moved on so but in any case plus 11 outs above average for estrada at second base We've seen it with the eye, though. You put him anywhere else in the field, you're like, is that the same guy? But you put him at second base, and like, he's he's amazing. Uh, and he has been exactly that. So the Casey Schmidt, Brett Wisely situation, I think we're walking into. Maybe between the two of them, the Giants will be able to patch something together. But for now, it's it's enough to say the Giants have lost their best position player. That's a big pain. All that said, maybe Blake Sables figured something out, Doug. I, I think he has. You know, he... Uh... He hit two home runs on Monday. They were they were fun. It would have been nice if the Giants weren't down by four runs when he hit that three-run homer in the ninth. But uh, you know, you get what you get, right? That's the uh that's the Croncast curse coming back. We yeah. had rated Camilo Duval, the number one on the bullpen trust power rankings for the third straight month. And guess what? The Mariners were not impressed. And I guess neither was Duval. No, the, no. <laughs> No, the Mariners listen to this podcast religiously. It's one of the things that we know about them. And they're like, number one, yeah, we'll show you. Uh, you should have put Tyler Rogers there, is what they were saying to us. We got that email from Julio Rodriguez. He emailed us and said, you should have had Tyler Rogers number one. He said, in all of our scouting, when we looked at Doval, Rogers was right there too. So we were wondering what the deal was. Yeah. Uh, but with Blake Sable, uh, almost uh, or a little over a year since Barry Bonds gave Jock Peterson that pep talk that led to Jock Peterson's three homer game against the Mets. And then Blake Sable gets pulled aside after the after batting practice the other night. And Bonds basically goes, you there, Sable. 
<laughs> swing more confidently, trust your hands through the zone more. And he went, okay, skip. <laughs> he two home runs. And, and it's nice to think that, uh, that bonds can make the game look easy occasionally for some players, but this is obviously not just Barry Bonds. I think confidence and pep talk, that is a maybe more than 60% of what coaching baseball players is. Because if they're good enough to get to the major leagues, right, there's kind of a lot of the stuff that they do that's locked in. So every now and again, maybe someone just needs to remind them, hey, you look like you're drifting here or you're missing something that you used to do. But Sable's power, that's what I was getting at. That's been an underlying component of his game. It's why the Giants liked him. The public facing numbers, again, to go back to this, indicate that there is some power there. So maybe whatever the public doesn't have numbers wise, the Giants are like, yes, this guy for sure. But Blake Sable has powers. It's not like it just the Giants unlock something. This is definitely something that they scouted and wanted to capture by trading for him in the Rule 5. The Giants saw the potential in him. And, you know, the Giants aren't necessarily wrong even when the guys don't work out. I mean, Connor Joe has ended up having a nice major league career even though it didn't work with the Giants. They saw something in him that was there. They just couldn't get it out of him in, in 2019. Um, so what they saw in Blake Sable was probably exactly this, um, a high power guy. The strikeouts are there. They're a little bit of a concern. Um, he's not walking like they like guys to walk. So the, the aspect of it, which they always emphasize of controlling the strike zone, um, is a work in progress. But the power is impressive. He's a lefty hitter who plays catcher. Um, they can throw him in the outfield if they need to. So they're pretty committed, I think, to keeping him around, and and they should be. They found a nice player. The only real thing that I look at is the expected WOBA based on contact and the hard hit rate. Those two numbers, you know, the WOBACon, the WOBACON, as I would Whoa, say. Bacon. Right? Yep. 413, the hard hit rate, 39.8%. These are not like top 10% of the league, but they're still very good. They're above average. Uh, defensively, he's rating out with the 75th percentile arm strength, 55th percentile sprint speed. Uh, he's hitting the, you know, good exit velocity, great barrel rate, 88th percentile with that. So again, he can, he can really lock on when he, when he gets the right pitch to hit. And to that point about pitch recognition, that that's going to be obviously with a guy that's being taken in the rule five draft, that's going to be a work in progress. That makes perfect sense. And I'm sure if, the Giants can hold on to him through this year. And if this problem persists next year, I'm sure they'll option him. They're, they won't have any fear about doing that. They'll have a player with three fresh options they can use. Oh, they'll definitely oh, be boy. using them. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so congrats, though, Blake Sable, because it's very hard to play Major League Baseball. And he's not – I would say most human beings are not so stupid that they don't know what situation they're walking into. And I, I feel like the Giants have been – very committed to being open with their communication. And they probably told him like, this is the role we see you in. And, you know, it's kind of the role that David VR was kind of penciled in for. I think they had higher expectations for VR. Right. But also like, you're going to be a reserve platoon guy and you're not going to play consistently. And, uh, but Sable's definitely made, you know, if David VR was having this season, I think everyone would be like, maybe a little disappointing, but also sort of like, Oh, this is, uh, this is still good. This is still a good thing to have. So, and like you said, left-handed, that's important. Doug, what have you found interesting about the Giants this past week? Uh, how much I fucking hate them. <laughs> so no, it's more like I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love 
jokes. Um, they're really bad. Uh, they look so bad. They're so bad. They look so bad. They just look like the bunch of idiots. It's just so a stupid. bunch of big dumb idiots. That's what they look like. Uh, I liked Alex Cobb's start. Uh, he only went five innings, but um, and the strikeout numbers weren't great. Obviously, the results were a little bit worse than than you would hope. But I thought he looked really good, and he was let down by his defense. Um, so that's encouraging. He was struggling his last few starts before he went on the IL. Um, so to see Cobb sort of come back, look like the like the ground ball machine, their balls were not hit that hard. I, th- I think that was a really good sign for the team because they are pretty desperate at this point for another starting pitcher besides Logan Webb. Yeah, I'm going to pick up right off of that. I mean, Logan Webb's start was impressive. The 11 strikeouts, right? Uh, that he had. And I think I mentioned this on the last podcast before the series started, the Mariner series started the home road splits for Logan Webb are not dire, but they're, they're very interesting. And I'd like to know if they are, how they might proceed to address it, but uh, 11 strikeouts at home and a really nice bounce back start after the blue Jays really tuned him up in the first (laughs) inning uh, in Toronto and so a great, nice bounce back start. Again, I'm not like I'm not in concern mode with Logan Webb. I think it's just it's the ground ballness of it, and the strikeouts for him are certainly encouraging. That's one way to pitch around your defense, Doug. It's just to strike a bunch of guys out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's that's going to happen when the team is um, basically on its reserves in the infield. Uh, that some of those ground balls are going to get through. He's over his two starts. His start in uh, in Toronto. And then his start uh, against the Mariners, Logan Webb had a 455 BABIP against him. And I don't think that's a quality of contact thing. I think that's just sometimes baseball happens. Yeah. The way he pitched, I think he did a good job, um, except for obviously the first inning in Toronto. But the way he pitched against the Mariners, he did a good job. Uh, and, you know, it, it worked out a little worse than it would have in most most times, but that's that's why you play the games. God, that's such a cliche. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I am putting a dollar in my cliche jar right now. Thank you very much. I won't yeah. I won't edit this out so everyone uh, asks you about it later. How about how's that <laughs> jar going? Uh, yeah. But no, the the other part of that is uh, it's almost like it reveals the Giants uh, computer modeling for his pitch shape and design and, and batted balls in play because they know their stadium so well. You know what I mean? Like it almost it almost betrays their proprietary tech. It's like you you've got your park down to the inch and you know what kind of pitch and movement plays and swings and all that stuff. Because look, the ERA at home, 236 on the road, 424. That's that's I'm 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 asking questions. I'm like, <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Uh but and the defense wasn't always down to your reserve levels for the whole season. There's been patches. But, you know, I, I'm overstating it a little bit. I think it's more reasonable for just pitchers not to pitch as well on the road as they do at home. But for a guy like Logan Webb, I think maybe we've set the bar very high and we're like, what's going on here? Why is it? So anyway, I found, thought, found it interesting that ultimately he seems fine. So. <laughs> yeah, isn't fine. <laughs> Anything else? I want to give a shout out to Lamont Wade Jr. The, the rest of the offense has basically not been good other than Sable and Wade. Um, but Wade is doing exactly what he's done all year. Uh, he is, he is walking a ton. He's getting some hits. He's not striking out that much. Um, and you know, I think 
when the team's playing badly and a guy goes like one for three with a walk out of the leadoff spot or something, it's pretty easy to take that for granted and not think about it. But he's doing what he needs to do. And his defense has been excellent. He, uh, I think it was on the Tuesday game where he saved a couple runs with a diving, diving catch of a line drive first. Um, it, he, he's done. He's been a really impressive player this year. Uh, I know he's not going to make the All Star team, but um, but he he could. <laughs> I, I scream I, into would, a pillow every night. Just, yes, yeah. don't <laughs> because <we all>. he's not. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. I'm gonna say I. I'm going to say it's interesting how uh, Patrick Bailey's last couple of weeks have gone because he's received some national attention for playing so well. He did win that game against the Mets in New York, but hasn't he also had like two catchers interferences in the past two weeks? Am I making uh, yeah, this up? I mean, he definitely he, so, had one, I mean, I, I know he had one against the Mets. I think there was another one, but yes. it might've been Sable who had the other one. That's okay. The Fair enough. Know. Fair enough. I, it's it's just foggy. I just remember the Giants have recently had two. So yeah. I think you're right. It was Sable. But in any case, what I find interesting is that Patrick Bailey ultimately still is a rookie because he's looked really butt ass in in July. We're only <laughs> talking three games. But, you know, he is a rookie. This is going to happen. It's not unusual. But it's it's also like he you still don't run on him. You know what I mean? Like there is that element of like he's still got his fastball, so you don't want to challenge him. Uh, so I, I think it's uh, interesting that the Giants really their season turns as Patrick Bailey turns. So I think that's a little scary. I'm not prepared for this. I'm not. I was fine with the Buster Posey era ending. I had like you know gotten over it, and now I'm like I'm not. I'm not sure I'm ready to go back to one guy being the beating heart of the team. I thought we were doing this in the aggregate. What happened, Saidi model? <laughs> I thought we were, it's a whole group of guys. I like your Lamont Wade point. It's nice to have a player that good, that consistently good, who isn't Barry Bonds. So he's the guy that you can not have to worry about and not get too amped up for. Like we're not in the whole late night Lamont situation, which I think was fun but it's also sort of a disservice to him because you know and then then he had the season that broke that spell i think it was good in a way because now he's just like i'm just gonna get on base and i'm gonna play solid defense and and uh, i'll hit a double every so often and maybe a home run but you know i'll be on base when we when we get the lead late how about that great that's fantastic we need a joey Votto. that's fantastic yeah exactly uh, and then I, I actually have one more, which is uh, about the minor league team, because oh, yeah. uh, you know who has finally started to hit at AAA is Joey Bart. Um, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Over the last a little more than a week since uh, June 28th, he's hit three homers. Um, those are his first three homers of the year at any level. He uh, is striking out uh, less over the last couple weeks than he had over before even if patrick bailey is the guy now to have joey bart as a backup as someone who can fill in play at a major league level if not for the giants then as you know to use him in a trade i think if he can maintain this production that would be a really good thing for the giants um no matter where he ends up in at the beginning of august now we haven't really set our schedule to talk about the trade deadline we're having roger munter on uh for monday's show and we'll be talking about the Giants minor league system and also the draft, which is this weekend, which is weird to say, 
and think about, but that's the case. So where Joey Bart would fall in there, absolutely. I mean, he's, I think the Giants have been unambiguous. Like, we'd like to have Joey Bart on our team. Right. Can he play well enough to be on our team? An unclear. So, yeah. And what are they going to do? I don't really view this slide as anything sort of um, taking them out of the race. If they're going to just wind up being closer to five or six games over 500, that's still a good team. It's maybe not as much as we had hoped or as good as we had hoped, but it's something. Um, I like that. Thanks for pointing out Joey Bart. Always a good reminder that he's alive. Yes. Oh, and Elliot yeah, exactly. Ramos. Elliot Ramos has uh, returned from the 60-day IL, as you reminded me before we started recording. So, hey, maybe the two of them can get it going and then be traded together <laughs> to <laughs> the Brewers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, Brian, what have you found concerning about the Giants since we last did this segment? And I know it's going to be tough to think of something, but I'm asking you to try. The offense is dire. It's dire. It's so bad. It's really it's really concerning me. It's concerning me a lot. It makes my stomach hurt. Uh, <laughs> the Giants, by wins above replacement, just in, in their last two weeks, 14 games, June 20th, they have the fourth lowest wins above replacement as a team, offensively, in baseball, 0.1. The Rockies are below them at 0.0. The Red Sox, minus 0.2. And the A's, 0.4. They are half a win better than the A's. by wins We're not technically a Major League Baseball team. Yes, exactly. They, are, uh, they have been registered as a brewery for tax purposes. There are only five players in the last two weeks that the Giants have with weighted runs created plus above league average. One of those players is Mike Yastrzemski. (laughs) 15 plate appearances. Uh, Patrick Bailey has been their best hitter, and that includes the 0 for July he has so far. And Wilmer Flores, Lamont Wade, and uh, Blake Sable. But that's how they're going right now. J.D. Davis, Michael Conforto, Jock Peterson. Those are supposed to be the guys. And, uh, you know, J.D. Davis is back to his old ways of 30-plus percent strikeouts, 5% walks. You know, he's got an ISO of .057. He still seems like he's hitting the ball hard, but yeah, his, his at-bats haven't looked so good. So I'm saying all this, Doug, he's hitting .283. In, in the last two weeks, with a 429 BABIP. That's on yeah. a .057 ISO. So these are just really scorching some singles. That's uh, not what they <laughs> signed. That's not what they traded for J.D. Davis to get, is hard-hit singles. Um, so defensively, they're still pretty solid. That's what encompasses the war, the wins above replacement. And actually, if you look at their team weighted runs created plus, it is last. It's tied with the A's. For yeah. It's 69, which is not nice. No, it's not. I reject it in this <laughs> case. The Giants have used 69 for bad. 420 would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> I guess another way of rephrasing, Doug, I'm concerned about the Giants because over the last two weeks, they have the worst offense in baseball. Yeah, uh, that's that's a little worrying. I, I'm not going to lie. You talked about the offense. I'm concerned about the starting pitching. You know, I said it's nice to have Alex Cobb back to go with Logan Webb. They're both, I think, fine. Maybe a little below their peak, but but passable. They, then it gets sketchy. And I, I have to say, I did not like the move to pull Ross Stripling. Um, 
after two innings. Yes. Just because it was the plan. That was, you know, that's one of those inflexible, uh, well, that's the plan, so we have to do it, kind of things that you thought might happen when Farhan took over. Where, where they're like, well, look, I, I sent the manager the plan, so that's what he has to do no matter what. And, like, he was pitching well. You know, you can get more good innings out of a guy than you should do it. Said they go to Alex Wood, who pitched like absolute dog shit. I know we talked about this on the last Chroncast. I don't care. He was so bad. I want to talk about it more. And it, the that's what lost that game, that they just decided that they had to stick to the plan no matter what was going on in the game. I mean, Ross Stripling, that was, those two innings were maybe the best he's looked as a giant. Keep that going. Let it roll. See what happens. Um, and instead they went with Alex Wood, who's, 50-50 shot, whether he's going to be Clayton Kershaw or your Uncle Rick. So <laughs> I, it was a bad plan, executed badly. The Giants lost that game. They deserved it. And that came from from management, whether it's Kapler or Zaidi or a combination of both. Which is bizarre because it really does seem like he does have some flexibility, but maybe not. Maybe he actually doesn't because – I was going to, my concerning was going to be, I'm a little concerned about Gabe Kapler as the Giants manager. Uh, I I guess what's starting to bother me is body language, which is like, I'm, do, I'm doing a total straw hat read of the situation, but also the challenging situation is getting out of control. It's, and, uh, <laughs> and it does seem like they're just being like, we can win these challenges in the aggregate. <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it seems like, combinationally it seems a little leaky like a little bit of leaking oil situation here i think the injuries can only take you so far but you crystallize it perfectly with this ross stripling thing because it makes you start to wonder so they're not watching the game and why are we trying to nursemaid ross stripling through a rehab or coming back from ross stripling should be expendable I mean, that's what it seems like, but I mean, why are we pitching him carefully? If you were willing to be reckless with Sean Mania, because it's like, oh, he can throw hard, but no, you know, we're just going to use him wherever, you know, Russ. Yes. That was the perfect example. The The plan with Alex Wood is fine. I'm, I'm not totally against it. So maybe that was more the thing. It was less the plan for stripling and more the plan for wood. And I guess I could see that, but it also, yeah, it has the potential to blow up in your face. The Ross Stripling, let's make him Jacob Junis number two. I, it's very concerning, but we did. I did joke about that. Like, I think the Giants just like this. This is what they <laughs> want to do. And uh, so I think that is still worth being like, well, if you're going to play reliever roulette every game, then sometimes you're going to blow your head off. And that was one of those times that they blew yeah. their head off. So. <laughs> exactly. The Giants are, are tech bros. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's... you get Netflix and sometimes you get Quibi. Uh, I do like the, I do like the Netflix comparison because sometimes they will just spend a lot of money on Michael Conforto for no reason. <laughs> exactly. Totally right. And then, can't, and then yep. cancel him after one that's season. Right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Let's do a quick little Rockies preview. I'm sorry. I said little, they're still a major league baseball team nominally somehow. They're not the Oakland A's. And by the way, now that I've said that, the Giants are going to lose three out of four to the A's this year. I'm sorry, but it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, the Rockies, the Giants should beat, but also I thought the Giants should have been more competitive against the Mets. I mean, we did point out that they could have 
been more competitive against the Mets, but they they weren't. Uh, so they're 33 and 55, the Rockies are. And one thing I need to point out very strongly, I need to make this very clear because I feel it, it's a deeply held belief, Doug. The Giants should beat them because they are 13 and 31 on the road. Yeah. They, they, they should get their clocks cleaned by the Giants. This is not... Coors Field. They were 9 and 18 in June. They're 0 and 4 in July. They have four players who are above league average, and that's it. Uh, hitting wise, I should say. Ryan McMahon is their best hitter. So they are uh, a, not a good lineup in a park that's supposed to increase offense. So that's a, one sign that they're not doing it well. They strike out a ton which can help the Giants, of course, even with their ground ball stuff. Kyle Friedland is their only good starting pitcher or above league average, I should say. And he's just barely above league average. Their bullpen, they still have Pierce Johnson as their closer, which when the Giants went into Coors Field and and kept their unprecedented winning streak going there, I thought would have dispelled the notion that Pierce Johnson should be the closer. And yet there he is ruining their entire bullpen, which is legitimately their only strength. And uh, and even then, it's not they're they're not a good pitching staff on the road. So I don't. The Giants kind of need to sweep them heading into the All Star break. That would be really nice to sweep a team that they are objectively better than. But it's baseball, and it makes me sad sometimes. <laughs> and it's um, the Rockies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the Rockies. And by the way, Chris Bryant is making the Giants look smart for basically not even pretending they were going to re-sign him. Yeah. He's he's not doing well this year. Not a lot of guys on that team are doing well this year. They the Giants need to be able to beat this team. But you know, that's that's also something we said earlier this year about the Royals. And then they didn't. And then they they looked good for a while after that. So, they can recover from not beating the Rockies, but when you have opportunities for wins like this, you need to take them. Or, or else the season will start to slip away at some point. So I wrote an article when they, after 78 games played, because it was going, game 81 was going to be on the weekend. So I didn't want to like write it while everyone was away. And I wanted to say, uh, this is one of the Giants better records uh, for the, basically the halfway point of the season. They were 44 and 34, 78 games in those, that, Features a lot of like playoff appearances. One of the early Bruce Bochy, Barry Bond seasons, oddly enough, that was that was fun to see. And I don't think we're in that situation, he said stupidly. But since that article, since game 78, the Giants are three and six. Uh, so I don't know. It It's also we're talking about what a nine game sample. So who knows what's going to happen? But I think that they need to go into that all star break, at least winning two out of three against the Rockies at home. I mean, what a terrible homestand that would be. Yeah, um, they 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 definitely have to win the series or else I think we're all going to worry about this team an awful lot more than we already are. They need to start hitting. I mean, there's just no way around it. That's been the problem. The pitching hasn't been great, but it also isn't terrible. It's that the offense just hasn't shown up. And yeah. if they don't start, then um, it's going to be it's going to be trouble. And you know what? You kind of, with a far anxiety-led team, you kind of think, isn't this whole system designed to find the, you know, if this is the A's 2.0? The A's were good at finding hitters. 
You know, it's a, it seems like it shouldn't be this difficult, this dire. Then again, you know, they got Lamont Wade right there. Um, Patrick Bailey, again, they rope-a-doped us all with his power from the right side. Who knew? Uh, so there are things. But Doug, actually, just as a closing thought, what have your expectations for the Giants shifted at all? And, and Or what are they right now? Um, I mean, after that, after they had that, such a strong run in the second half of June, I think they should they should make the playoffs. I think that they can do it if they can get healthy. Um, obviously, that's a big if. Uh, like you said, the injuries to Tyro and Haneker were not anything the Giants could do something about. But they absolutely have enough talent to to at least sneak in as the last wild card. So I think, yeah, it's fair to expect that from him. The competition is tightened up between the Phillies, Brewers, and Giants for that third wildcard spot. I am going to count out the Pirates, although their season has been much better than I expected. I thought they'd be a lot closer to where the Rockies are. And I really think if you're looking on the periphery of teams that can make a run, I think we should count out the Cardinals at this point. It doesn't look like they're going to figure it out. But the Padres and the Mets, and I, I won't say that the Cubs are out of it. They're six under 500, and you know maybe they make a deal or something. But the Padres have the talent. The Mets, I don't know, but they, you know, literally as soon as the Giants arrived, they were and after Patrick Bailey beat them, they're like, oh, and they like woke up, and then suddenly they look like the team that they everyone thought they'd be at the beginning of the year. So I don't know. Maybe they have a run in them to make it interesting, but that's. You know, there's definitely very easily five or six teams competing uh, for the wild card right now. After the swoon, I don't think it's changed my opinion of the Giants very much. I just am more along the lines of like they need they have like an ecosystem. And so they need they need the ecosystem to be healthy, uh, you know, all the parts of it working properly and uh, and no dry creek beds or anything like that. Uh, and right now it seems like that's what's troubling. Whereas it seems like some of these other teams, they could subsist on a couple of guys really stepping them up, stepping up and carrying them for a week or two. Um, so that was, that's my big concern. We'll see what happens. Um, so I've decided to talk to Roger this week and see if the giants, uh, have guys coming up who can be those carriers in the future. If they drafted any of them, uh, we'll let you know. In the meantime, check out the rest of Fans First Sports Network at Fans First SN. Also, you can check out Doug Brazzoni's excellent writing about the Giants. Where can they find you, Doug? Uh, you can find me at giantsdoug.substack.com, where I write every Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, hey, that's today about the Giants. And uh, I'm writing at McCoveyChronicles.com still, and um, we'll see. Well, Quality-wise, fluctuates wildly. <laughs> so check that out uh and i guess we're still on twitter i i saw that i saw it like gasping for air the other day and also it was our giants croncast twitter accounts seventh anniversary doug <laughs> wow we made it yeah. uh it is now in the first grade we did it joe yeah we did it yeah. so follow us at giants croncast and uh wherever if if it winds up crashing the site that account will direct you to where we wind up. Uh, Give us five stars on Spotify right there in the app or on Apple Podcasts if you have a chance. So until Monday, when we'll be back with an all-new episode, Go Giants!